with the third pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota Black State. stretch run to Mostert, gets the edge left, cuts back inside. Raheem Mostert has four rushing touchdowns and the most yards Listening to the Fourth and Gold Podcast with Javi and Fern. Try to do what's right and not be affected by any of that. And it's just been interesting to watch. And sure glad that it's over. I'm glad that we got our guy. I'm glad we feel so good about it. And um, I'm just pumped to get him. Welcome for the Gold Podcast. We are back. A victory edition of the pod. 49ers are 2 0, headed back to Santa Clara. Um, a good day at my house. Texas has Yingling now, Fernando. Yay! We got Yingling down here in Texas. So for those of you who don't know, Yingling's a big deal in Pennsylvania or the East Coast. And I've been in Texas for four years. I haven't had it. I've been in Oklahoma for seven before that. So like in 11 years, I haven't had a decent bottled Yingling lager. So this is a plus. And we beat the home team. We beat the Philadelphia Eagles today, 17 to 11. Yes, we did. Floppy game, defensive effort, slugfest to say the least. Uh, Fern, are you going to be happy tomorrow during your Zoom calls at work? I'm going to be happy because I can at least at the end of the day say we got the win. But, you know, it's still going to be, you know, these Eagles fans are going to be like, yeah, but look, you guys thought you were going to run all over. And I made the, you know, I said George Kittle's going to go out there and destroy it. So I made some claims that didn't quite come to fruition. And uh, but we got the W. So at the end of the day, they could say whatever they want. We got the dub, and I'll just hold on to that one. I'll Absolutely. We got the win. <laughs> um, Fern's fit is harder. Yes, Fernando is the drip god right now. So got that eight. Uh, shout out to Young. Residency, who is uh, basically supporting our outfits for yes. the season, essentially. Um, for those of you who have been paying attention, we are going to be giving away free hats after week three. Every Niner win after week three, as long as you are listening to the pod and you know that we put a code out in the podcast, you're going to tweet that out or put it on Instagram and we will make a drawing for these hats. So three, three lucky winners, every 49er win after week three. So we we'll start week three, I guess. So Niners should beat Green Bay next week, but we'll get to them later on down the week. Let's get to this game. Jimmy Garoppolo is looking fucking good, man. <laughs> 11 carries. He ran the ball. Well, he was not sacked today. 49ers offensive line started off rough. Um, Brandon Graham was a monster early on in this game. Cool. Well, shout out to him, one of the one of the better uh, one of the better pass rushers in the league. More pretty underrated. He did go out with an Achilles tear, so prayers up to Brandon Graham, one of my favorite players. I never want to see a guy get down, get hurt. Um, but That's the right. 49ers did take advantage of him not being in there in that second half of the game. Jimmy Garoppolo, eleven carries. That's right. That's ten more. Ten more than Trey Sermon. Ten more. Yes. Than Trey Sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh Mm-mm. my goodness! Mm-mm. He was looking good though. I mean, the defensive line of the Eagles, and that's what we talked about. I mean, that was their strong suit, right? It was the defensive line. We were interested to see about the pressure that uh, they were going to bring to our offensive line, and they brought it. And especially in that first half, I mean, things really started to break down. But Jimmy, Jimmy used his legs. 
he did what he needed to to buy some extra time to help pick up some first downs. Um, so again, not the best, not the best overall performance. It was a gutty, you know, kind of gut one out. Uh, everything was tough. The Eagles didn't make anything easy whatsoever. And uh, Jimmy found a way to to make some you know, help us out in some key drives towards the end of uh, of this game to, to help seal the win. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 11 carries for 20 yards. Um, he did have he was charged with the fumble. And he was also he also had the scoring touchdown on the uh, QB sneak, which he was successful at all game today, which is another plus for the 49ers getting those shortened. You know, those third down conversions when they needed them, the Niners started off 0 for 5 and third down, and then they finished the game 6 of 14. Much better in the second half how they finished this game. Yeah, um, that first half. Even I think Jen just mentioned this in the comments. That first quarter was so frustrating. Absolutely. It was a nightmare. And I was it was my daughter's birthday, so we, were, we went to brunch. And... You know, it was all lovey-dovey, but the second that thing hit 1 o'clock, the radio was on on my drive back um, in the car. So I had the radio up on loud, and that first two series, is just it was just gut-wrenching. I got home, turned it on, and it wasn't any better until, man, until that second half. And even then, I mean, it was it was tough. It was really, really rough to watch, but especially that first, first quarter and a half, two quarters. Yeah, the 49ers, the first quarter uh... – Time of possession, 11 minutes for the Philadelphia Eagles, four minutes for the 49ers. 49ers were getting absolutely dominated in that first half, in that first quarter. Thankfully, the defense holds. They were able to not, you know, allow a score. Um, and then the second quarter, the Niners flipped the script, 11 minutes and three seconds for the 49ers in time of possession to the Eagles, 357. So time of possession is something we talk about on the podcast a lot. You have to win the game of time of possession. The 49ers yeah. did do that. 38 rush attempts. 49ers won the total time of possession 34, 34-54 to 25-06. So that's, you know, almost a nine-minute difference. That is a big, 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 big piece to the 49ers winning this game. Uh, well, something Kyle Shanahan did say after the game. Let's go to him in the locker room real quick. All right, the resilience of everybody in this room, that's the games that build you to do special sh- throughout the year. Yeah. Guys, 2-0, and oh, man, all right? Sure. We've gone on these back-to-back road trips. This is our sixth time now, all right? We're 6-0 and oh in those games. Shout out to Kyle. I love, you know, I wish they wouldn't edit him out. You know, he's like, fuck, and then shit, and this is what we need to do. I still get fired up. I love Even Kyle. if they edit it. If I, if I know he dropped the F-bomb, I'm ready to run through a wall. So, <laughs> let's talk about Kyle Shanahan. Were you frustrated with his play calling or any of his decision-making in this game early on, or even just overall? Because I was getting very frustrated with some of these calls, you know, kind of just him ramming his head against this wall that was the, the Eagles' defensive line. What did you think of this play calling today? I thought it was a little suspect, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it wasn't working, and I would have just, you know, I, I respect Kyle quite a bit. And just some of the plays on these third and longs or – third and eights just it didn't make a whole lot of sense I, I didn't I didn't enjoy the the play call on for quite some time and I just thought at some point we need to start opening this thing up because just the run game but he stuck to it man he just kept he kept trying to run the ball and it didn't look like for a while it was going to work but then you know what it, towards the end of the game we got a couple big big plays um out of the run and it's you know because he stuck to it and everything's predicated off the run and you could tell the eagles were really hell-bent on getting after it and and shutting it down but i just i did think the play calling was really bland 
safe play calling that uh, really gave the Eagles some momentum on all these three and outs that we had for the first, I think, I don't know, five, six yeah. drives. First I mean, five. first five, with you three can't, you can't do that. And luckily our defense, which we keep saying at some point, our offense needs to help carry the defense a little bit. We can't expect certain performances from our defense all the time. And these are one of these games where I just thought our offense was going to be able to put up some, you know, good amount of points. And it, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for us, I should say the defense stepped up and really, really got it one out and on, on you know, big plays, big stops um, and gave us the ball, man. Just kept giving us chances to get down and get things going. And eventually we did get the ball moving a bit. Yeah, the 49ers are going to consistently run the ball. 38 rush attempts for 117 yards, uh, 3.1 per attempt. You know, obviously that's below what they like to be. They're using that 4.5. Five yard per you know per attempt clip. Um, it is rough. This game was rough. Brandon Graham going down um, was a big help to the 49ers. You know, it's not, I mean, it's not a positive for Brandon, of course. I'm not trying to say that, but it did help the 49ers do that. Um, Toronto in the comments. The offense was pretty predictable today. Absolutely, yeah, it was. Everything was either hey, yeah. we're gonna run this counter up the middle, trap this, trap that. They the 49ers severely missed Raheem Mostert. His ability to stretch left, stretch right allows a lot of the middle of the field stuff to open up for the 49ers. We talked about that. Um, we've talked about that at nauseum over the summer, over the offseason, that we need Jimmy Garoppolo to make some throws down the field, outside the numbers, and that kind that would drastically change the way a defense is going to look at you, right? So let's get to Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, started off rough, very shaky. Uh, one pass to check on the screen, that's on him. The other one, Debo, that's on Debo. But if you want to take a look at these pass charts, which I think we're going to start doing every week, take a look at this pass chart from Jimmy Garoppolo. Only three passes traveled 10 yards or further, or three three passes that were completed traveled 10 yards or further for Jimmy Garoppolo. One of them being the 26-yarder uh, to Debo Samuel, which netted 40 yards because Debo took care of the rest, another, 18, another 14 yards in yak for Debo on that one. And then the rest was this, you know, over the middle, dink and dunk, take what the defense gives you. You know, early on in the game, he missed a wide open Sanu. He threw a pretty bad pass to Ayuk. Um, yeah. There was just some shaky things early on in the game. You know, this is where we need more. We need more. We watched, I don't know if anyone watched Seattle today, LA today, or even Arizona. To match points with these guys, we're going to need our quarterback to play better. Now, we yeah. won the game. Great, but 22 of 30, 189. A lot of times that's not going to get it done against better teams. The Eagles are a good defense. As you can see, Jalen Hurts was very ineffective all day. Uh, you have a stat here on Fred Warner. Yeah. What did Fred Warner do today? Hey, so Fred Warner, this is based off of PFF, but um, Fred Warner, let me pull it back up. Javi just just clicked out of it. Sorry about that. You got, <laughs> you got me right when I just clicked out. <laughs> Um, here we go. Let's get over to Fred Warner. So Fred Warner, here we go. Three run stops allowed zero yards in coverage in the first half. Um, and then he recorded just one stop and gave up a first down in coverage, but overall locked things down altogether. I mean, we are, our, our defense. I also mentioned this is, these are PFF stats that I'm bringing up as well. You know, we talk about, our play call being predictable and the running game being just just really ineffective for a good amount of this this game. 
that was the lowest successful run rate by a Shanahan offense, a 49er offense, um, the second lowest successful run rate, as well as you've got guys like, thank God, Armstead and Bosa went out there and they did some work today. I mean, you had a 19.2% win rate um, for Bosa going over there. So it's just, thank goodness the defense stepped up in a whole nother, just in a whole nother way because Jimmy Garoppolo and this offense was a very predictable and you showed the chart that, and that's Jimmy. I mean, that is, that is what you're going to get from Jimmy. I mean, it's going to be everything over the middle, everything underneath, and we're not going to stretch the field enough to where when defenses say, and a good defense with a good front, when they say we're going to try and stop the run and that's going to set us up, we're going to bring pressure and try and stop the run. That'll set us up for success. And we need to be able to take some shots and really, burn people deep and give ourselves enough time with that offensive line just to get to take those chances on some maybe some single coverage out on the the sidelines and we just don't do it i mean and that's again it's is a very efficient day from jimmy but is that going to be enough is that stat line as efficient as that is um is that going to get it done against some of the upper echelon teams in the nfc and i is it i don't think so i I, i don't think that's good enough i mean and that's where my issue is with him altogether. It's not – look, I, I posted something on Twitter that uh, Jimmy's never gone three straight weeks in the regular season without throwing a pick. You jinxed it, bro. <laughs> I, but but even with that, yeah, I would much rather him throw a pick, but he's taking shots down the field. Yeah, I'd like, rather that, that. That's what I want. Like, throw a pick. You know, go out there, be a little bit of a gunslinger, but take chances down the field because just all that dink and dunk and – 10 yards over the middle, 15 yards over the middle. It's just, it's really hard. It takes so much to go down the field and and play ball that way. Sometimes you need to be able to hit a home run every once in a while, but we, we just have to grind. And that was a good defense. And I'll, I'll give them some props because I kind of, I shit it on the linebackers quite a bit. And I thought we were just going to do whatever we wanted. And, and, And look, I don't think the linebackers played out of their mind, but we didn't get George Kittle involved. There, there, Brandon again. You know, from a target standpoint, I think got two targets today. Um, so I don't know what the hell is going on with the offense, and I don't know if it's just we've still got training wheels, and this is what the offense is going to look like. But something, we need something. We need a spark on offense. We need to start being able to do some more things because right now it's just that was a really boring offensive, really bland, predictable offensive game today. I mean, it didn't yeah. look good. Now, um, with the offense looking the way it did, you know, there's going to be games like this for every team. Every team's going to have a game where it's, you know, it's going to look like this. And this maybe this is our game, you know. But, you know, you had um, you had advantages on paper. George Kittle versus these linebackers, you could have taken advantage of it, right? But it looked like early that you're going to need Jim, George to block more. Um, while we are... You know, I'm going to be critical of Jimmy Garoppolo the entire time he's going to be here because he is making $26 million, and I expect more from him, right? If these, if the fan base thinks he is what he is, then I'm going to keep looking, and I'm, you know, I what I'm going to give him credit for, he made two big boy throws, and I mean mm-hmm. big boy throws. Dan Orlovsky said something on Twitter a couple of days ago talking about the middle of the field and how these defenses were going to create triangles, right? Mm-hmm. to t- kind of take away the middle of the field. Jimmy Garoppolo throws the absolute perfect ball to Debo Samuel 
in that triangle. I'm going to play this play for you. Uh, this is towards the end of the second end of the end of the second quarter as the Niners go down to score. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo throws an absolute dart here. The set. 11th play of this drive is a Garoppolo pass down the seam and he kicks. Oh, that there goes Debo Samuel. Yards after contact, stepping out of bounds near the 10 yard line. The strike. Debo, one, is an amazing ball handler. Like he's going to be, he, that's what he does. Jimmy putting the ball where he put it is outstanding. That throw scared the shit out of me. Scared the shit out of me because if he doesn't, if he throws out a little bit lower, I mean, there's a there's a chance this gets maybe picked off or it's just definitely an incomplete pass for sure. But he splits that perfectly with the. I mean, it is it is a beautiful throw. You're absolutely right, but it did scare yeah. the shit out of me. And this is what I'm talking about with the triangle. So you have you. I don't know if this is the corner on the outside of Debo. So that's potentially a corner. Then you have the linebacker. So there's your two, and then your the tip of the triangle is a safety above him. So this is what I meant by teams are trying to take away the middle of the field, and it's right there. And I saw it against the Detroit against Detroit later on in the second half because I watched the game tape. It is it's similar to that. So it's like okay. Kyle, we need you to get a little more creative, or we need to ask your quarterback to throw outside of the numbers and down the field. But Jimmy gets a ton of credit for this throw because this is a big boy throw on the money where it needed to be, and it helped the Niners get into scoring position and then, of course, take the lead, and they never look back after this play. Um, I gave Jimmy crap on that third and four from uh, week one against Detroit where he should have threw it, threw it right to Debo, you know, give him a chance to run with it. He does it this week, gives him a chance to run with. So props to Debo and Jimmy on this play. Absolute dart. First yeah. and 10, great play. So he's going to get credit where credit's due on this one, and he did his damn thing on that play. Absolutely. Um, and that's that's the 12-play drive, right? I mean, that's yeah. the 97 yards when we went three and out, three and out, three and out, right? Or it, pretty much all three and outs going up to that point, right? Let's see. Yeah. No, 11 play. Uh, close to – was that – Maybe, but at that point, the offense was not clicking whatsoever. And then all, we're down three points, and then we get a big, big drive, right? And to, he's making throws like that. That's when you're like, Jimmy's starting to feel it. Yeah. And and this was – that's when I got excited. But, I, again, I was scared shitless. But then I, I thought that was going to be where everything started – you know, we were just going to start going. And it was going to be touchdowns. And I thought we were really going to really turn the corner on this and blow them out yeah. a little bit. But – it didn't. I thought it we had a chance. Tough. There was chances tough. there to, to get to get this game. I thought this game was going to be out of hand. I thought I thought it was going to be a tough first half, and then once when we go down and we score and we're up seven three at the half, yeah. I'm like, hey, we're going to get back there. We figured this thing out. We're about to go unload on them a little bit in the second half, and then there we go. Right, we come out of the half. We go three and out. I'm excited. We get the ball back and we go six plays and we punt. And then I'm like, all right, here we go. Here we go again. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. On that Debo reception, 12 plays uh, for 97 yards, total of four minutes and eight seconds. Niners go up seven, three. They don't look back going into halftime. Um, prior to that. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that, <laughs> but the 49ers offense just struggled. And I, I think I, I know Kyle made an adjustment. I think his adjustment was, Instead of trying to go do this inside zone game, inside trap, he started pitching the ball, right? Yeah. Because Daniel Brunskill was getting absolutely abused in this game. Yes, absolutely abused. Hargraves, I was like. He was balling, man. Yeah, I knew Hargraves from somewhere, and I was like, oh, I know him from Pittsburgh. That's right. 
he started balling. He was balling early and often, and that made it big. That, that affected the 49ers run game early in this game. And they kind of made the, the adjustment to, well, you know what, let's just do these tosses, let's do these pitches. And they've made the adjustment, and it started working. You know, they didn't – Elijah Mitchell wasn't very successful. You talked about it. Their success rate on rushing downs was not great. Elijah Mitchell finished the day. If you, add him in, if you added him in fantasy, you're probably pissed off. 17 carries, 42 yards, no touchdowns. I was excited because he scored the touchdown, but they called it back, and then Jimmy scored the touchdown. But what, I was like, shit, I needed those eight points or whatever it was for right, fantasy. Right. But 17 for 42 at 2.5 a clip. The Niners need to do something here in the running back room, and there's nothing against Elijah Mitchell. I think he's outstanding. I think he's going to be good back. But you're missing Raheem's most at speed on, both, on the edges, and that's going to be a big concern going forward. Yeah, yeah, look, I'm not 100% ready to get off the, you know, the Elijah Mitchell bandwagon after week one, right? I, I still think you know, that's that's a good, good defensive front. And I think with someone in the comments mentioned, that's been a good front for a while now, uh, you know, one of their bright spots on defense, one of their only bright spots on defense. And it is a legit defensive front. And so sometimes you got to tip the hat and just say, you know, that wasn't going to be our game today. They they had the personnel to make it tough on us. But I think being able to you, you take for granted what Mostert does week in and week out. And you, you take that for granted and then you throw someone else back there. And when you are against a, a front like the Eagles and you're just struggling to get two, three yards on a carry, you're like, damn, you know, this this guy makes four five, six yards look pretty easy. Uh, every time he touches the ball. And that's that's a big difference. I mean, there was a stretch early in that first quarter where, you know, we were in the third, third and eight, third and 10, third and 12. I mean, it was, and then we had penalties on top. It was just, it wasn't a, an efficient, it wasn't a clean offensive game to start. And you're right. I mean, not having Mostert is, is a big deal for this offense, but I'm going to give Elijah like a pass this week and just say like, Let's get back out there against Green Bay and see what happens. <laughs> I'm liking the amounts of carries he's getting. Yeah, I don't, you know, obviously um, with Sermon now the concussion and and I don't know if you saw that slow mo. I mean, that looked gross. I mean, the way his neck just, I felt bad for him too because it was an awesome run. I mean, it yeah. was explosive. It was just... great. Like I was like, oh hell yeah! And then he hit the ground, and that's when I had an Eagles fan tell me that that we were soft. Uh, oh. We were soft. And I was like, wait a second. And this was, you know, we, this was a, it was a really odd series, that series, right, where we had the fumble from Hasty, yeah. And then uh, who was it on the Eagles that committed the dumb play? Bennett? Yeah, Bar- Bar- uh, Barnett. Barnett, that's right, Barnett. And I, I, I go back and text him, and I'm like, hey, man, I mean, I didn't throw the flag, but, I mean, that's pretty stupid. I mean, you're calling us soft, but, like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? You, your guy just hits, you know, just hits him. For no reason. Like, what do you, I didn't throw the flag, but, and then I'm like, and look at Trey Sermon. Dude's got like knocked out. Like, look at this slow mo. Like, what are you, you're talking soft. Like, I don't know what you got. You, like, he, got what? Elbow, he got an elbow to the head, then he got hit helmet to helmet, and then his head hit the ground. I'm like, what are you saying? That was but super, like, it looks super painful. Uh, hopefully he's okay. Yeah. Um, but him not playing, it just, it was more frustrating too. Like, you just saw the burst. He had fresh legs. Oh. Like, come on! What are we doing, Kyle? Like, enough of this nonsense! Get these guys in here. Yeah, like, why? Like, um, Brandon needs to be in there and targeted. Let's get Sermon out there well, again now when he's healthy. Like, I don't, I don't understand. And I like Elijah. I have him on my fantasy squad. 
you know, but yeah. I don't know what's ha- like what we're trying to do right now or what points we're trying to make to a guy like Sermon and a guy like Brand. Like, I don't know what we're trying to do, but at some point you got to put the talent out there because you throw Brandon out there, you give him two targets and the one catch he makes was a fucking dope at like it, it was a badass catch that I'm like, all right, like, let's get him in there. Like, let's go. And guess what? He gets up and he's right off back on the sideline right after that play. I mean, I don't know what the hell is happening, but if this offense is going to look better, you got it. You got to get your best players on the field. Like I, yeah. I get it. I get making the point, but shit. They have to fix this. This is nonsense. Mm-hmm. What Kyle is doing, whatever it is that he is doing. Um, I'm sorry. This might come off wrong, but he hasn't earned that around the league to have that kind of attitude with his players. You have three losing seasons and four. Ooh. Like, Let's chill you out, go. Kyle. You, I'm, I'm serious. Like, come on. You drafted this kid first round. He's one of the better wide receivers in the league. Trey Sermon, you traded up for him. You wanted this kid, right? He shows up in his first snap, and he gives you whatever it was, like 12 yards before he got hit, and it was explosive 12 yards. Mm-hmm. You catches a terrible pass from Jimmy Garoppolo, right, on the fingertips to convert a first down. Like, you need to have yeah. this guy out there. He's going to beat Darius Slay. He's going to beat Steven Nelson, and you're allowing your passing game to open up. You need this guy out there. Ayuk's just his threat, opened up several opportunities for Debo Samuel. Several. And he looks like, good. What are we Debo, doing, Debo Kyle? Debo looks, looks great. Yeah. I, that's what I mean. I don't, I don't understand how bad did he fuck up that for two weeks in a row – He's got a total of two targets. I mean, we got we're week two into the season, and my man's got two targets. Yeah. And Kittle's got what nine? Doesn't make any sense. Like, what is? I mean, those are two best offensive players. I mean, and that's no offense to Debo, but I mean, in terms of just pure mismatches and you know, just best performers and route. I mean, how can both of those guys only have maybe ten targets? Um, 10 to 12 targets, you know, between the two of them. But that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. And I get Trent. Trent looks great. Trent made a great play on special teams. And he's going out there doing things on the offensive side. He goes, chases down a punt, which ends up, you know, having the Eagle start on like the two-yard line. Like he's doing a little bit of everything. But Kyle is, is <laughs> he's, he's disciplining. He's disciplining. And these dudes are grounded. And and I'm like waiting for him to just let him out, let him play. I'm the kid knocking. Is can Brandon come play? Like, it's, <laughs> oh no, he's grounded. Like, can he fucking come out and play? That's Please. how you used to do that in my house. Hey, I would, yeah. you come out. And my mom would be like, no, Fernando, go back home. So we were always grounded, you and I. That's the the Puerto Rican mom, man. We yeah. were we were grounded for looking. Um. Looking so to weird. your friend who called the Niners soft, Kinlaw has some words for that. Here's Javon hey. Kinlaw after the game. I think the game plan never changed throughout the whole game. Um, we kept it simple, you know. I just think we, uh, I think they, I think they folded before we did, you know, and mm. I didn't think we was gonna fold at all. So. Mm. No, I don't, I don't hear it, but I'm sure they're on the sideline like, dang, we got we to gotta, we gotta do something about Bosa. You know? <laughs> I'm sure they're on the sideline like that, but not in the game. Um, so, 
one, I want to have a beer with Javon Kinlaw. Do you know, I was just thinking like someone should be running up and like shotgun a beer and just hand him one, like, and just, he's a fucking boss. Like, and two. what a difference maker too. Like, wasn't it nice to have him out there? Yes, like, absolutely. Uh, the second part, um, he reminds me of the guy I was in the military with the way he talks and just kind of like laid back, <laughs> whatever. So shout out to Javon Kinlaw. Absolutely magnificent game from him. He had the block field goal, right? Like that was, that was, that was a big part of the game. Uh, great against the run. He had a lot. He had a couple of pressures. I'm sure the numbers will come out with all the pressures, but Kinlaw is never going to be DeForest Buckner, right? But if he can be what he is, that is a positive for this team because you're freeing up Nick Bosa, who had a hell of a day. Uh, Nick Bosa had two sacks today. Um, he started figuring out Mylata, and then the first the, the first sack he had. He went all the way across. I don't think he's allowed to do that, but he did it anyways. He went all the way across to go over to Lane Johnson. Takes on two tight ends who never stood a chance. Sacks Jalen Hurts, forces the fumble. It's two sacks uh, for Nick Bosa. That's three on the season. He's still got a ways to go to catch up to Chandler Jones. But Nick Bosa is on his way to a double-digit sack season. So Kinlaw, Armstead, Ford, and Bosa, we saw today what that looks like. That looks outstanding. We saw the Nitro package again today with Ibukum, Bosa, Armstead, and Ford. Also, again, looked really, really good. Eagles offensive line is is pretty good. Um, but sometimes speed just kills power, and that's what the Niners were doing later on that second half of the game. And just a, a guy to, to give a little shout-out to on the defensive line was DJ Jones. Oh, yeah. Um, DJ Jones – you balled, especially against the run, man. I mean, he took care of business. And to have that's where we can talk about rotating guys. I mean, you can have Kinlaw and you can have DJ. Um, and DJ had a, a great game. Like, I, I, I was very, very happy with DJ. And I'm interested to see the when it all comes out, the grades that they get, you know, moving forward from PFF. And again, I take that with a grain of salt, but I, I'm interested just because he, he played really well. I thought he, he played really well against the run. Yeah, they did look. They looked really good. Um, let's stick on the defensive side. Jimmy yeah. Ward. We'll get to this, but Jimmy Ward had himself a day, and to me, this play that I'm going to show here changed the entire game. The Niners are down three zero. We have the first play from the one yard line or whatever it was from Jalen Hurts, who throws an absolute bomb to Quez Watkins. The Eagles get within. Eagles are within the five, right, and they don't score. The biggest reason they don't score, Jimmy Ward. Riding it with Sanders, keeping it, cutting it, and forced out of bounds by Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward comes screaming across the field to make this play against Jalen Hurd. He absolutely saves the Niners from going down 10 to nothing. And that, we talked about it in the last show. If you get, if a team gets up like Philadelphia in Philly, that's a hard place to come back from. And this 49ers team did not look like they were prepared to play a game where they had to come back from double digits, right? Yeah. So this play right here changes everything. He comes screaming across. He gets hurts out of bounds at like the two or three yard line. Completely changes the game. Then he then the Niners have to then the Niners force them into this weird Philly special. Armstead plate makes a hell of a play. And then Fred Warner covering the tight end. It worked out really, really well. But Jimmy Ward makes the play of the game, in my opinion, here. Because 10-0, this game might have been over. Because the Niners were not be, not able to do anything. So, J- 
Jimmy Ward and the defense were outstanding today. Jimmy Ward making this play is a big part of why the Niners won today. Uh, he doesn't get he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. Jimmy Ward had a really good pass breakup later in the game as well. Um, outside of that stupid penalty that was called on him, I thought he had a very clean game. It's absolutely great. It was, it's just not, yeah, it's not a late hit. It's so stupid. Yes, Jen in the comments here, not a late hit on the QB. It's not because the NFL needs to figure that out. You know, quarterbacks will slow down and then reaccelerate or try to juke in and out, and then you end up with a penalty. It's just, it's unnecessary. They need to figure that shit out. It doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense to me whatsoever because, like you said, this he, now he's a runner, and you got to make sure that he's out of bounds because if he if he lets he lets him on the on the play that he call that he got called for the penalty. If he lets him bounce it back inside and he runs for another forty yards, then his ass is on the sideline getting bitched at by his coaching staff. Right? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. Like if he's running, then you're sure as hell going to make sure that he's out of bounds. And that's all he did. It wasn't a dirty hit. Like it wasn't anything. He yeah, he just made sure, and he didn't even really even touch him. Like it just made sure by that, just by him diving at him there to you know grab his legs. Made sure that he's out of bounds. It's a stupid call, but that's exactly right, Javi, because that's where people sleep on Jimmy because he's just not making these big flashy plays where he's grabbing picks and running them back for touch. I mean, but he is making game-changing tackles, deflections all the time, and no one really recognizes those kind of things from him because he just maybe he doesn't get the picks and the touchdowns or he's maybe not the, the biggest hitter out there uh but he is a short tackler and he makes smart smart football plays all the time yeah and then before the jimmy ward um tackle two plays pro well on the big reception that that was made if it's not for kwaski tart hustle play they probably score too so kwaski and jimmy ward were big parts of why the Niners, the, the eagles didn't score there and go up 10 nothing Kwaski had himself a hell of a game, had himself a nice pass breakup late early in the game as well on that deep shot. Jimmy Ward really well. The questions in the comments are how do you think the secondary look? Outside of outside of the Lenore deep ball, nothing was given up. And we'll go back to the, the pass chart. I mean, look at Jalen Hurts. He completed 12 passes for 190. Um no touchdowns, no interceptions. He completed three passes over 10 yards. Mm-hmm. One of them being the 91 yarder. The other two, I want to say one was to Goddard and the other one was to, um, I want to say it was Rager. Uh, otherwise, the secondary held up held up well. They played very well. The Niners got enough pressure to force him into stuff. Um, but everything else was really low. And even when you look at his week, Jalen Hurts week one numbers, he had like 22 passes behind the line of scrimmage or behind, or under five yards. So he wasn't very... Cool, he was efficient, great, but he wasn't going to threaten you as a passer. And I think Kyle Shanahan said it in his press conference is like, we're going to force him to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock on him. He's just you have to play quarterback in this league. It's still a quarterback passing league. You need to stand and stand tall and deliver throws. And he wasn't able to do that effectively or efficiently. Efficiently, twelve of twenty three, one ninety. Fern, you're in the area tomorrow. I guarantee WISP is going to be like, oh, well, Jalen Hurts stinks and we need to put Flacco in. Or, oh, I mean, to be honest, Philadelphia is probably going to be looking for a quarterback anyways, but Jalen Hurts was not it today for sure. Well, we talked about it the last time we spoke. You know, Jalen Hurts is their running back who happens to play quarterback for them. Yeah. You know, and he went out there. And while Sanders 
managed 50 something yards today. I mean, they the threat of Jalen hurts running was the highlight to their, besides the 92 yard, you know, the 90 something yard bomb. But uh, you know, prior to that happening, it was a matter of when Jalen hurts was running around and picking up first downs and extending plays using his legs. To me, it wasn't so much the passing. Whereas you see a guy like Kyler today, rolling out using his legs and then chucking it 60 70 yard like i mean that's that's the difference and that's that would be next level for Hertz, right to be able to do those things and it looks like he's got two young promising wide receivers that are that look like they're getting really good um so you know that might be something for the future but today he was there running back and what he did over the air you take away that large play and it's not i mean the numbers look even worse Right. You take that one throw away. Um, it's not a good day. I mean, it's not good quarterback. And that, and we have a very good defense. So, yeah. you know, you, you don't know how how good Jalen Hurts is quite yet, because right now you can see his biggest asset is just going to be him running around and picking up first downs. Yeah. So the secondary held its own war. Tart did their thing. Um, we saw a couple snaps with Hufanga in there. We saw a couple snaps with Harris in there. Lenore and Norman. Norman, outside of the two DP, outside of the do the two um, pass interference calls, I thought he was fine. Yeah, and I got to look at those calls again because I, I think I thought they Taren, were brought it up. They, yeah. they were close. Uh, I mean, they were a little uh, suspect. So I, I want to look at those again um, tonight or tomorrow and just really see how I feel about it. But the first one was bullshit. I'm I'm with Carlos on this in the comments. It was bullshit. Absolutely <laughs> bullshit on the first one. I gotta look again. I don't There's know. I was, I was going heavily. On. I'm not sure. I, I gotta double check. I gotta make sure. <laughs> um, but it is it's cool. Uh defensively, the Niners did their thing. Fred Warner still outstanding. Aziz Al Shahir is your new Will linebacker going forward. I think we need to all get there sooner than later. I was uh very impressed with his Lions game tape once Greenlaw went out and He's much better versus the run. He's very good in pass coverage. The Niners so may have themselves. Today, I believe, yeah, yeah I think he had like one missed tackle. One that I thought for sure was like, oh, and I think Fred Warner ended up cleaning it up anyway and, and getting the tackle. But um, I'm excited about him. And I'm excited about Lenore as well. I mean, that, that kid looks like he is well ahead of the curve for a rookie. I mean. Yeah, he looks I, really I, that, good. That big play, like, okay, fine, that one massive play. But other than that, I mean, he – let's see, he had, I think, 10 targets. I think they threw at him around 10 times today. And he did give up that one big bomb. But, you know, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot. 10 targets on 30 coverage snaps. So I want to see what all the other yards amount to. But I know the 191-yard play. So it's not going to look great. But – Overall, I thought he had a really solid day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The Niners, they uh, they may have found something with Demo. Yeah, Melissa. And then the Aziz, the Aziz kind of makes Dre Greenlaw expendable at this point, I think. We'll have to see a couple more games. We'll That's going to be play. an interesting one while Greenlaw's out from Would a you, financial standpoint. Exactly. That, so, perfect. Would you pay Greenlaw $12, $13 million a year when you can go pay Aziz maybe five or six to get the same production? Well, that's no. I mean, I, w- I like Greenlaw a lot, but there's there's some big contracts coming up. And it, if Aziz is going to continue, if, if the consistency is going to be the big thing for me. 
Yeah. And I still won't forget Greenlaw's tackle against Seattle. So of course, you know, that that's, that's tough for me to like not give the kid a shot once he's healthy and get back in there. But Aziz looks really good. I mean, he was my player of the game, right? Week one. Yeah. When we spoke, uh, I'm really excited about him and he, he can do a little bit of everything. He's a good, good fucking football player. Yeah. Niners have found themselves another undrafted free agent gem, hopefully in, in uh, Aziz Asha here. It would have been a mid-round pick heading out towards ACL coming out of college. So they have something there. The comments are loving Lenore. Yes, I am very excited about Lenore. Teron with a really good point here. Lenore is pretty polished for a rookie. He's only stepped, he only stopped on that long play because he knew Rager stepped out. Yeah. Rager stepped yeah. out and he, you know, he pushes him to the boundary. That's what you're it talking about. It was a really smart play. Yeah, you're That's absolutely what Sherman right. Sherman used to do early on in his career. You know, he didn't have the speed to keep up with guys, and Lenore was a four six guy coming out of college. Sherman would ride guys outside out of bounds and force mm-hmm. them out of bounds. And he did that. And he did that really, really well. Was a really good throw by Hertz, but hey, man, you stepped out of bounds. It is what it is. So that's like a veteran move. That's it's it's a beautiful play. For me, it's just that was it Quez? Walk it was, it was the Watkins was well. That was the Rager, but the one that was actually completed was Watkins. Was Watkins that was ninety something yards? And I'll Watkins. double. I, I got to look on that one to see. Watkins is a four two guy. Watkins yeah. is a four two eight guy. That's ridiculous. They're, so they're fast, man, and that's why that's why Norman had Norman Norman had to be a little handsy. Like he's not dumb. He knows he can't keep up with those guys. He's gonna get his hands on them, and he just like Sherman, right? He's gonna he's gonna get really close to getting called for penalties quite a bit because he's gonna be really physical with these guys because he just can't go stride for stride. And, yeah. that, and that's where it's going to be. It's going to be a tiptoe in that line of pass interference. Yeah, 91 yard touchdown, 91 yard reception, and it ended up with no touchdown. No touchdown. stepped up great. Um, shout out to Fred Warner, Armstead, Bosa. You know, there's too much Armstead slander going on in the Twitter world, so I'm not here for that. Armstead played a hell of a game again today. Um, cool, he's not going to show up in the box score. Whatever. He's getting enough pressure. He's playing his ass off. That's what I want from a $17 million guy. I don't need he had a, He had a 27.3% win rate on the 10 total. They had 10 total pressures between Armstead and Bosa. Armstead had a 27.3 and Bosa had a 19.2%. Wow. Like, I mean, slander. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, these guys are going out there and playing good football. And this defensive line is saving our ass. Yeah. Like, they're saving our ass right now. Let's get back to the defensive line. Bosa with a sack. He has play this play here. On third down and short. Four-man rush. Pressure on Jalen Hurts. And down he goes. Nick Bosa in the... Nick, um, he's done it twice in back-to-back weeks where he's taken a very large man, put them off of their feet, and ride them into the back of the quarterback. Yeah, show it one more time. Show that one more time. So let me put it on mute, and we're just going to play the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just rides him right into the back of Jalen Hurts, comes off the block, gets a sack. Huge. And that entire play, though, if you look at the entire defensive line, they completely destroy this pocket, right? That's that's, uh, Street, Armstead, Ford, and Bosa. They destroy... Or that was Kevin. Yeah, that was Street. They destroy that pocket. Street was extremely disruptive today. And that stunt is insane because, you know, for all the slander Armstead gets, (laughs) he takes on three. Here comes Givens. 
and Bosa and Ford got one-on-one matchups on the outside. Like that is what you want. That's what you pay guys like Armstead for, right? You want him to get double, triple coverage or triple uh, blocks. And he got that. Can you just imagine the Bosa brothers just like talking football and and like, like just like, just, just helping each other out. Like I just, that's like an amazing brother kind of to be sit there and just both be studs and just talk like, all right, well, how do you get here? Oh, I'm, I'm pushing up in his chest here. I'm just throwing back. Like, I'm like, fuck this. If I can't, if I can't hit the quarterback, I'm just throwing you in the quarterback at this point. Like, yeah, these guys, he's a monster. And he, and what I love about Bosa is he'll do that. And then the very next play, he'll look like he's about to do it. And then just slip inside real fast and just destroy a running back. Absolute technician. That's right. Teron said in the comments here, Bosa is a technician. Absolutely. Is it Taron or Teron? I I feel like I said Taron like three times today. So I I want to say Teron. Teron, Taron, I apologize. My bad. (laughs) Um, But the defensive line did their thing late in the game. They started getting pressure. Uh, Brooks did go out for the Eagles, so that helped out as well. Listen, no one feels sorry for the Niners and their injuries. I'm not going to feel sorry for the Eagles and their injuries outside of Brandon Graham because I really enjoy that guy playing. It just sucks. He tore his Achilles. Um, So... What do you think about uh, Jen's comment, Avi? Armstead needs to be inside. Um, what do you think? I mean, we have that's fair comment. We have enough evidence on both. He's successful both ways. He can do both, right? He's more successful on both or on the outside when he has a Bosa on the other end because they're going to shift their protection to Bosa's side. So you're going to get more one on one with Armstead. If Armstead can play one on one against tackles, yeah, that's great. But if you want him inside too. Cool, we can put him inside, but I think he, I think he's fine on doing both. I don't, um, I don't get irritated about his, you know, where he lined up, where he lined up. The Niners have a lot of combinations that they use with this. I mean, we saw last week we had Ibukum playing one technique, right? Like he was literally lined up over a center. Yeah. So the Niners create these really weird, funky looks up front, and they create pressure that way. So whatever works, and with Armstead. I'm fine with him playing inside or out. And I, I do like Grinch uh, 1371 in the comments said him and Kinlaw inside is very disruptive. Yeah. You, you want, you want to replicate the Buckner and Armstead thing, but sometimes it's okay to use Armstead's speed and his ability to, you know, his arm length is a, is a value, especially with some of these shorter armed left or right tackles. So he can get around those guys. So, Use them both ways. Why not? I don't. I don't see there's. I don't see an issue, especially if you have other guys who can play defensive tackle. DJ Jones is in there. Zach Kerr was in there. Kinlaw's in there. Right? Like you're gonna, you're gonna want to use those guys anyway. So if you want to go heavy, Armstead could be your edge guy. You got Kinlaw there, and then DJ Jones and Bosa on the other side. We saw that a couple times today. So where would you? I mean, would you put Kinlaw on the edge? Probably not. Would you put DJ Jones on the edge? No. So yeah, that's. I mean, Bosa's gonna do his thing. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Armstead will do his thing on either way. Either way, he does it. So, Yeah, I mean, he, he's so versatile that depending on the, the scheme and the, the personnel we have in there, it's nice to have a guy that you can throw inside or outside. I, 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 I want to read this word for word from uh, a PFF review of, of Hertz based on the pressure that he yeah. received from the Niner defense. And uh, I just think it's kind of funny. The way uh, the way it was worded here. So they said 14 of his 30 dropbacks were under pressure, and he completed only two passes. Hertz did produce a couple of explosive scrambles on such plays, but the Eagles were still overwhelmingly inefficient in that facet. So 
and obviously PFF is still doing their their reviews and going through and making sure everything. But just just that 14 of his 30 dropbacks under pressure, and he completed only two passes in those. Um, so that's that's incredible. And he made some big plays with his legs, but if that's the kind of pressure that you're bringing to a quarterback, especially a young quarterback like Hertz, uh, and you're you're just overwhelming him to the point where he's just inefficient. I mean, that's what you want. So it's like this defensive line is doing everything the, thus far, right? We we're only in week two, and it's not like we've played the Seahawks yet, right? We still got the Packers next week, and we had the Lions and the Eagles. And I'm not going to be an Eagles like an Eagles fan and act like I'm that we're some hot shit because we beat Atlanta, right? I'm yeah. going to say I'm going to say this like, hey, but the, through the first two weeks, the defensive line pretty much looks like what we've seen in training camp what we've been talking about, the excitement about all of the the various pieces that we have to be bringing pressure now on quarterbacks and keeping guys fresh. I mean, in two weeks into the season, that's what we're getting still. So now let's see what it's going to look like because we've got two really big games coming up. And let's see what kind of pressure we're bringing and, and let's see how these corners hold up against some real offensive potentially. Yeah, next week will be a challenge. Aaron Rodgers comes to town, Sunday Night Football. Uh, let's get to the third phase of the game. We never talk about special teams, but I think it's worthwhile to talk about special teams. Well, are we going to talk about special uh, teams? Mitch Wisnowski, three punts inside the 20. What? Two of them inside the 10. Um, he, uh, 226 yards of punts. So he had a 45.2 average on all his punts. Outstanding, Mitch. It's about damn time. Hey, Mitch, how did you look? He's looking fucking good, man. Yeah, yeah. He wow. Those were some really big punts. Shout out to Jason Aponte. He's in shambles right now on this. He's an anti-punter guy. That um, was like fourth round punter stuff we saw today. Absolutely. Elite draft selection. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but either way, he was valuable in this game. Very oh, my God. Yeah. He was punting fucking all the time. Like... We needed a lot of help, right? We're going three and out, field position, trying to trying to pinch them back in and make them drive down the field. I mean, it was big. He had we he you know he had the ball quite a bit uh, in this one, and he made some really nice ones. And again, um, you know, be able to have the Eagles start on a two yard line or the four. I mean, that's that's big time, man. And normally he would have just punted that in the back of the end zone. Or it just would have been really high, but landed on like the 35 yard line. And it just, <laughs> I would have pissed me off. But, you know, there were some really good special team plays. Uh, I was really happy about it. Yeah. And with special teams, Terran, it's Terran because we've been, they've been doing it in the comments is Terran. I'm good. I'm glad I know like, now. We love up. talking to everybody. So I'm like, I got to know how to, and I got to know how to say um, it. He brought up Hufanga. Hufanga looked really good in special teams, had a really nice tackle. Um, the punt coverage was outstanding. These guys are downing these punts inside the 10. Special teams was great. Shout out to Richard Hightower for getting these guys ready because this was this was a game where you needed special teams. You needed your punter to be right. You needed your coverage teams to be right. And they helped flip field position. And that was super valuable. Trent, baby. Trent. Valuable because Jalen Hurts was able to do anything outside of that big pass that he had. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to go back to when Kyle talked so highly about Trent. Like he's out there still playing special teams and made and made a really big play for us, man. I mean, he he 
made a really big play to keep a ball out of the end zone and have the Eagles yeah. start on the two. I mean, that's what I'm talking about from a team play. Like that guy's he's out there on the field playing wide receiver, and then he's out there making plays on on special teams as well. We all got to support each other, right? All, we have a nice wide receiver room. I need obviously I I need Brandon out there on the field, but but Trent's still doing his thing and he's helping us even if it's not catching touchdowns or big first downs. Um, you know, he made a big play on special teams today. Yeah, he had the special teams was outstanding today. Um, so let's get to some tidbits on this game. Um, all right, Debo Samuel, six receptions for 93 yards on eight targets. Nick Bosa had two sacks. We just talked about Wisnowski, three punts inside the 22, inside the 10. Uh, the 49ers had multiple 90 yard TD drives in the same game for the first time since 1994. That's unique. Um, so that that's that's something. And then just the injury update, nothing has come of it yet. Mitchell, uh, shoulder injury, Sermon, head, neck injury, and then Hasty with an ankle injury. We're probably going to have to sign Franco or something. You know, who knows? <laughs> I think someone said that on Twitter. Uh, he'll, he'll go for 100. You sign Frank Gore, I bet you the dude will get 20 carries right away. Oh, absolutely. you know Frank's ready. Frank's doing boxing right now. So, dude's, re- dude's ready. He's good there. Yes, we are saying good thing about punters, George. We are speaking about the punter. Um, Player of the game for me was Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward had an outstanding game in coverage. He had the game, to me, the game-changing tackle on that third down, uh, forcing them into that fourth and three or whatever it was, fourth and goal. Um, And then, obviously, they don't score there. So Jimmy Ward was outstanding today in coverage, tackling, just everywhere he needed to be. So that's my player of the game, and the play of the game was that third and three where he made the stop to prevent uh, the Jalen Hurts touchdown. There you go. My, uh, I, I don't have a player of the game, but I have a coach of the game. That's yeah. D'Amico, D'Amico Ryans today because there was so much kind of uncertainty from a lot of people as to what he was going to do and, and how, how much would the defense regress if they did regress. And uh, they had gone out there and, and without – the scheme today and without the pressure we were getting uh, and the defense playing at such an elite level, we could have lost today. We could have absolutely lost today. Um, the goal line stance. I mean, it was, there were some big plays and most of them came on, on the defensive side that helped keep this game close within a one possession game until we got our offense going enough to take the lead. So coach of the game, Amico Ryan's for me, like he 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 proved that he could go out there, make some adjustments, and and keep the this team moving forward. So, I was very proud of that that defensive performance today. Yeah, uh, Domingo had a hell of a game. Uh, was the question here from Jen was Norman on the field after? Yes, he was. He played he played the entire game. Uh, Lenore played. Ambry Thomas was inactive today. A healthy scratch. Um, you know we don't know what's going on with these rookies. I know what's going on. Ambry Thomas just is not playing good football. Yeah. And unfortunately for him, that's, uh, you know, he's going to have to fucking, you know, get back to the basics and earn it, earn it all over again, because he had a really good opportunity this season with the injuries and, and with his draft selection to go out there and be a really good contributor for this team already. And he can still end up being a good player. Cause some people aren't just, you know, some people it takes a couple years. But unfortunately, 
Um, for him, this was a season where with these injuries, he really had an opportunity to solidify a role for himself moving forward. And he just never looked ready. Every time I saw him, he just didn't look ready. So healthy scratch, fine. I mean, that's whatever. To have a guy like Norman come in and just boom, play like that quickly for you and, and to be able, and to sit a guy like Ambry, who's at least been around this offense and learning for a little longer and for him to be a scratch. I mean, that tells me on, you know, everyone's like, he's just not there. He's not ready yet. Yeah. So let's get to some of these questions that are coming up in the pot in the uh, comment section here. Yeah, Let me crack another beer. Let's do uh, it. First one. So we didn't talk about Trey Lance at all, but we'll get to him in a second. Uh, George asks, so is the 49ers offense a concern after struggling versus the Eagles, or was this a blip? Um, one, I'm going to give credit to the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line yeah. and their defense. I think they are a cohesive team. I don't think they have all the talent there yet. Um, we've grown up in the area. Philadelphia is a tough place to play for anybody, right? Especially if that defense is rocking and their defense played a hell of a game. Um this goes back to our concerns about the quarterback position. Could we look differently with, you know, five or 10% better Jimmy Garoppolo? Probably. Um, but I think Eagles, I think the Eagles are going to be a team. They're going to probably going to be middling around seven, eight wins the rest of the year, but they're going to be a tough out. And the today was proof that there'd be a tough out. What do you think, Fern? I'm, I'm actually really concerned about the offense and I didn't think I was going to be, um, I will tip my hat to the Eagles' defense. They performed better than I thought they would. I knew they had a good front, but just overall, I mean, whatever offensive scheme we brought today, just they were all over it. For one reason or another, they were extremely sound for the most part, and they were all over us. But looking at the Garoppolo chart, and this isn't even Garoppolo because he is efficient, and I know what I'm getting from Jimmy. Like That's where I, I might differ from a lot of people is – that, that what I saw there it, to me is a very just normal Jimmy experience yeah. week to week with the exception of there being a zero in the interception column. Like that's what are you going to uh, go for? No, I was going to say we didn't even talk about it. The 49ers offensive line, mm-hmm. zero sacks allowed. Yeah. And, and quite sacks. a bit of pressure. I and mean, there's quite yeah. a bit of pressure and, and between Jimmy moving and they've held up long enough to keep uh, Jimmy from hitting the ground. But I am concerned, man. I just, I, after I know our running game is traditionally really, really, really good, but with Raheem not being there and with teams knowing what we like to do, I mean, there's enough tape to know we're going to want to run the ball and everything is going to go over the middle. Those kind of performances, like Jimmy's going to have to do some things that he's not comfortable doing to, to help this offense out because teams just know. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, to not have Brandon out there as often as he should, or I should say targeting Brandon for him not to be in the game plan pretty much whatsoever the past two weeks. Um, you know, these were opportunities against some really, you know, teams that we thought we knew we, we thought we were going to go two and zero. Most of the fans thought we were going to go two and zero, but these were opportunities where hey, we could have taken some chances, thrown some big plays, dialed up some things, and. We didn't get to see that at all. We got to see a, a pretty stereotypical Jimmy Garoppolo performance. With the exception, he was moving around and he just hasn't thrown a pick yet. But at some point, whether it's the quarterback position or the tight end position or wide receiver position, somebody has to step up to a whole other level. 
And at what point do you say like, okay, hey, this stat line isn't good enough. Like it's yeah. good, but we need more. Yep. And can you give me more? Can you do that in the big game against Green Bay? Can you do that against Seattle? And I don't even want to say the big game against Green Bay because we've shown that we could – we know what kind of team Green Bay is. They're a weak-minded team, and if they're playing from behind, their quarterback is a diva, and he's like, fuck it, I'm out. Like, I'm, I check out unless he's up two touchdown. You know, it's yeah. not – we know what kind of team Green Bay is. But then that following week in Seattle, like, can Jimmy go out there and put up a, a fucking bomb performance? 300-something yards, three touchdowns, no picks, big first downs, big throws. Can we do that? Can we count on him to, to help us drop 30-something points, 40 points? If the running game isn't working, he's got to go out there and throw the ball 40 times, 35, 40. Can we rely on him? That's where I this offense scares me because – it's the same. It's the same kind of offense, man. I haven't with all the weapons and Brandon year two. You know, like I thought I'd see just a little bit more thus far, especially against those two teams. And I just, I don't know. I'm just not thrilled with what I saw against what I thought we could just try some shit out. Hey, is this yeah. two weeks Detroit, Philly? Let's let's see what we can do. Let's air it out a little bit. Uh, Dawson, uh, would Trey win this game, or would he look like Zach Wilson? Um, I think Trey. I don't know if they'd win this game, but he would definitely not look like Zach. Um, <laughs> part of the reasoning is like I like Zach Wilson. I just don't think Lafleur is on the level of Kyle Shanahan with as a play caller. Right? We talk about the Jimmy Gimmies and all the shit that Kyle can create to get guys wide open. Trey Lance could absolutely run what was ran today. Nothing was difficult about any of these any of these concepts that was out there. It's the same stuff we've seen for three, four years now under Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan. This is to me. Kyle running on third and eight tells me all I need to know about how he feels about his quarterback. Right? I almost, I almost broke my controller. Like I didn't know what to find and I wasn't going to throw my phone. <laughs> so the next thing was a controller and I grabbed it and stood up like, what are we doing? Like why you're absolutely right. This is all you need to know if on a third and eight. Now I get trying to catch the defense right that's in a that is obvious in a passing situation a quick catch him but i don't know man i just and it's not jimmy and trey thing for me it's just like if i just look at jimmy and i'm like what can you do other than that because i know you can do that you do that all the time but but there will be moments where that gets taken away and there's going to be moments where we're not running the football yeah especially with an injury to Moser, but even at the end of the day, there's just going to be weeks and against really good teams where getting yards by the ground is just not going to be easy to come by. And I get sticking with running the ball because you got to run the ball, but can Jimmy make these big, these big time throws to the sideline, deep ball? Like can, can we cut the field in half quick with Jimmy? Um, I don't know. And I don't know how Trey would have handled the pressure today. I know Trey yeah. could make the throws that were thrown today. Yeah. But could he handle what would he do in those pressure situations? Because Jimmy has done a good job of just kind of staying in there. There were a couple throws today. Um, one in particular that sticks out to me was a throw where he kind of steps up in the pocket. I forget the exact. I don't even remember the, the wide receiver, um, but he's getting blitzed and he throws a really weak ball out to the sideline. The wide receivers run just a little out to the sideline. He just throws a weak ball. And 
you're like, hey, th- these are one of these throws where when it comes out of your hand, that thing's got to come out hot or your receiver's not going to have any chance. I mean, this, he's yep. blanketed by the corner, and there's just not any zip because he's not – one, he doesn't always ever really step into his throws when he's throwing anyway. Never, Everything's never. really arm, just all arm, up high and over. But I'm like, man, Trey would have threw that in there 90 miles an hour and given his wide receiver a chance before this – before the corner jumped over his back and batted it down or – but I, I just – I don't know what more you can ask of Jimmy than that. Like, I feel like the, he he is at his ceiling. Like, what you're seeing is Jimmy. And especially yeah. if we're at a point where George Kittle is uh, essentially an offensive lineman. Like, I mean, now you don't have George. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like, we've yeah. gotten two weeks in a row. I mean, at least this week, George was like an offensive lineman today. So there's a couple questions that kind of go together here. Um, yeah. Jen asked, why do you think uh, Trey didn't play today while Kyle, Kyle wanted to establish a run? So back in that first quarter, you would think 11 on 11. I agree. I would have thought that. Uh, Tony, no trade package today. Any thoughts on why? We'll get to all that. And then there is one here. I think uh, Tehran, I think, put it best here. Um, or Taryn, excuse me. Taryn. Where'd it go? He was asking about um, did Kyle not use Trey because Jimmy never got into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I think the Niners never got into a rhythm, so you couldn't go to Trey, right? No pack, no Trey package today. Didn't make any sense, especially in that first quarter. You had three straight three and outs. You had no ability to move the ball. They knew it was coming in the run. They were daring Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball. This is what I was talking about earlier on in the show about the middle of the field, cutting it off and, you know, forcing Jimmy Garoppolo outside the numbers. You saw it. He misses Sanu. You mentioned the throw. He threw a week out to Debo, nearly picked off. And then the other one was an overthrow, nearly also picked off. So there was two throws that could have been picked. Kyle needs to figure out what he's going to do with his quarterback, with this, with Trey, because sitting him is not helping him. Yeah, I think today today's interesting because we saw week one where we really didn't have a problem moving the ball, right? I mean, it felt like we didn't have any problem. We were running the ball. We were doing a little bit of everything really well against Detroit um, for the first three quarters or so. And it made it really easy to put Trey in there because we were just – we were super efficient. Everything we were doing I thought was working really well. And today is odd because I think it's I think a part of it is, you know, what does it look like when Jimmy's struggling? We're not running the ball. And with Jimmy struggling, I just mean like it's just not it's the offense isn't looking crisp. Like he's picking up yards here and there, but the offense just absolutely does not look crisp. We're also not running the football well. And then you take Jimmy out to put Trey in, and like what does that what does that do to a confidence of maybe someone like Jimmy Garoppolo. What does that do for people like you and I and all the media talking about this quarterback controversy? Mm-hmm. When does when does he get in? So when things are like faltering and we're stuttering, I think a part of it is like a PR, like, hey, let's if we throw him train right now and he goes out there and just lights it up. Like we have just gone, we have just went three and out on five consecutive series. Yep. And if it's we throw bad. him in now. And he goes out there, rolls out, runs for 20 yards, completes a 15-yard pass, um, 
Now what? We just had five series where we did nothing. Now we put him in here and we just moved 50 something yards. What now do I got to keep him in? Like, and I think a part of it is, is this PR like balance between Jimmy and Trey. And if, what is it going to look like if I make this move? Uh, you know, that's my own personal theory that it's hard to pull that trigger when he's struggling and the offense is struggling because of what it looks like if he goes in there and succeeds at a high level. Yeah. And then, and I'm not, I personally would love to have seen something like that, but you know, what do you do? Do you, then you take him back out and put Jimmy in who five consecutive plays, we went three and out and that's not all Jimmy's fault, but you know, what are the chances like that happens? So I think a PR, yeah. it's a little PR battle too. Yeah. So Eric Davis had a really good tweet today. Uh, he said the most impactful coaching decision on his locker room that Kyle Shanahan has ever made occurred every time he didn't go to five and trusted 10 to win the game today. Oh, okay. I mean, there is a PR man. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say that I, I'm not going to say that I heard anything, but you can tell that Jimmy still has this locker room, right? And he has a locker room by a, a pretty large margin, right? Whether that's Kittle, McGlinchey, you know, whether that's Alex Matt, you know, whoever whoever those players are, they're in Jimmy's corner, right? Mm-hmm. If you go to Trey, and this is what we talked about in the offseason, the minute you go to Trey Lance, and in your example, he comes in, he's in there four, five, six plays, they go down the field, score, boom. Can you go back to Jimmy? You can't, right? Because then if you go back to Jimmy after, you know, let's say the hypothetical situation he goes down there, five plays, scores. The offense is in rhythm. It's going, it's going, it's going. Here comes Jim. He comes out, three and out. Jim comes back in, uh, six and out. And Trey's just sitting there twiddling his thumbs like, hey, let me in this game. Let me in this game. You know, Kyle spoke about 11-11 football. It, event, you know, Trey's going to get his time. But today would have been a time to use him, regardless of Jimmy being in rhythm or not. Jimmy saved his ass. Jimmy saved his own ass with that last 12 play 97 yard drive at the end of the first half. Otherwise I would have, I would think if Jimmy did not score there or the team didn't score, Trey probably gets, probably gets at least 10 snaps minimum in the second half. I mean, that's, that's a fair point too. I, I just, I definitely think it is a PR play. Like, Things are going well. Yeah, you know what? We can go in and out and throw both of these guys in there and everything looks good because Jimmy was out there completing a lot of passes and picking up first downs. Um, But today would have been really tough after those five series to throw Trey in, even if it was for a play or two, because if it worked well, it would be you would have everyone talking about it. And I don't think Kyle wants that noise right now. I think Kyle has his own timeline in his head. Um, but then he did give him some praise, right? He's what do he say? He said Jimmy's a, a football player. Yeah, he's a football player. And whatever that that's means. a compliment. I think that's that's a compliment. J- Jimmy is a gr- he is a grinder. Yeah, and he's a rhythm guy. Like he, it can look really ugly, and then it looks really good for a while, and then you're like, oh, and then it'll, it'll go back, and he rides that wave. But um, you know, Jimmy goes. I mean, he's he's what you'd want in a quarterback from everything that. The build, the stature, how he talks, how he communicates, and he has that locker room. So he's doing so many things right within this organization. And when you're talking about going to battle every week, you know, he he was there in the Super Bowl. And that's going to be really, really – that's a fine line that 
Kyle's going to have to tiptoe around between this decision of when is the time because yeah. you could lose a locker room if it's premature. Yep. And and you make a, a call like even if it's if it's a call that at the end of the day a couple years on the road ends up being the right move. You know, this is a good enough team but they're loyal and and Jimmy got Jimmy was a part of this big culture change. And these guys don't want to go back. They don't want to regress and and Jimmy was a part of it. So, you know, I understand the loyalty to him. Um, and I also understand maybe some of the reasons why Trey wasn't in there today. Yeah, it's going to be something, something to watch the next couple of weeks. You know, the Packers to me don't, to me aren't as scary as the Eagles were because Rodgers doesn't move the way he used to, and that Packers defense isn't great. So we might see Trey in there to get you know some easier looks. Um, Warden Wool, Warden Wool in the comments here. Do you think Kyle still? Still isn't showing his full hand. Um, no, I think Kyle. I think Kyle shows his full hand for the week. Like he he he's a very weekly game plan specific coach. Like he's going to pinpoint on something he's going to try to exploit. He's going to use it for that week. If he has other stuff up his sleeve, he'll pull it out that week, right? You know, we saw this plenty of times in 2019 to open the game against the Browns. Like they saw something on tape. They said, "Hey, Rita runs this runs this." better than the rest of our running backs and use check gets the second level better than anybody else. We're going to run this play, right? Um, there's other times where they just run the, the, you know, the George Kittle shot plays, things like that. They know what they're looking for. So it's, it's always game plan specific. I don't think Kyle's holding anything in his pocket at the, the playbooks at his, at his disposal. He's going to use it. Um, yeah. I, so. I think Taryn, and, and then there's it, that, it, I, I was just going to say that is to me, the biggest thing. Yeah, I think Kyle's got a fucking like Lord of the Rings size playbook, like just <laughs> sitting sitting there, and you know maybe maybe Jimmy can only realistically do half of that playbook, right? And 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 that's good enough to to almost get you a Super Bowl dub. Like I mean that's good yeah. enough, but he's got a quarterback that if he if he continues to grow and he gets better and better i mean he can add he can hopefully finish the rest of that book and be able to do whatever the hell um Kyle wants him to do and i just think it's there's certain limitations from a uh you know from a decisiveness from from Jimmy what he feels comfortable doing the kind of throws that he can realistically make the deep throws i mean i think that is what you saw on the the chart that you put up earlier Right. I mean, that's that's Jimmy Garoppolo right there, the where he threw the ball over the middle, the underneath stuff. That's Jimmy. And. You know, he is who he is and it's not a bad quarterback. I mean, he's, he's not a bad quarterback at all. He's an above average quarterback who who can who's wins lots of football games. And he's in a great situation here in San Francisco. I just at some point you need more. You have to stretch the field. You cannot live off of that. Um, you've got to be able to go down there, especially like you said, if we get down. Yeah. Right. If we're down 10 points, if we're down 14 points. You know, Kyle's got big plays. Kyle's got home runs. I mean, he had home runs. I mean, he hits them when they when they're there. He'll hit them. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but he's not going to ask Jimmy Garoppolo to hit those throws. He's just not. Unless a he lot of, really has to. Be. A lot of them with Jimmy are pure young. 
Yeah. And, you know, when you start off slow like that, it's hard for a coach to trust you. It's hard for a coach to say, hey, let's dial up this, let's dial up that. If you can't even make the easy out throw to Sanu, how am I supposed to trust you to throw the ball down the field? So those things are a concern. It's all fair. Yeah, it's nuts, man. I mean. And Matt Ryan is cooked right now. Thanks, George. Does he not look like. He's cooked. Like, I think Atlanta made. As much as, mind you, I have their rookie tight end sensation on my fantasy football team, I tune in to watch them, and I just am like, wow, he needs either a change of scenery or it's it. Like, he's done. Like, I don't know which one it is for sure, but I think they made the wrong call on holding off on a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Like they should have went quarterback and figured out tight end later because you can you can get a tight end, but they 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 held on to Matt I think maybe one year too one two years too long. Yeah, it's over. At least in Atlanta, he he could be that guy to go to another organization and play really well for a year or two. Like I, I do think that I just there's something about where Atlanta's at right now. And I just don't think it fits in with a veteran quarterback like Matt Ryan. Like it just doesn't work. Uh, they were, um, I mean, they knew that the Niners were going to take Trey Lance. So they said it. So I'm pretty sure they wanted, they wanted a quarterback this draft, but it is where it is with Matt Ryan. Um, that'll do it for tonight. We are going to be back probably Wednesday Niners versus the Packers. We will be announcing the Colts ticket giveaway on that episode yes i will be doing the drawing while i think at work on tuesday and then i'll just post it um but if you entered in that so youtube uh and twitter of course we will take care of you um two tickets colts niners i will be in attendance as well i got the go-ahead from the wife so you'll be sitting next to me whoever wins these tickets um i hate you but I hate you. Chicago, Fernando. We'll be in Chicago the next week. I know, but fuck. Um, but yeah, so we'll do that. And then, again, after, well, starting week three, if the Niners went on week three, we'll be giving away three residency hats. Uh, you have to make sure you listen to the pod and listen out for the code and then tweet that out or use that in an Instagram post. And uh, we will be taking care of you on that. Um, but as always, I'm Javi. That is Fern. Follow me on Twitter at JaviVake underscore. Follow my guy, Fernando, here at DZ0880. And then make sure you subscribe, rate, review on YouTube and uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll get you all set up and we appreciate the support all the way through. Five-star reviews on Apple help us out significantly, please. If not, then just you know leave a nice comment or something. But uh, until uh, Wednesday, everyone stay safe. Go Niners. On to Green Bay. Let's get this dub at home. 3-0, baby. Let's go.